0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Clap, 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 clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands Podcast. Hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here. Here they
1: come. Yeah, so we could probably use this to segue into, I know we wanted to talk about Doc and Boy, whether, Doc, he's, yeah. whether he's a good coach. Like, So I have been, I've tried to, on a lot of these discussions, like the crunch time minutes and their struggles on offense and things like that, I've tried to express that. I think a lot of that, if not most of that, falls on, their star players, and you start to look at the big picture of this season. I know the start of the year was bad, and you know Doc has played some lineups I don't love, and all that. But you look at how they performed with Harden out, and the ability to win in games where you know they had basically nobody healthy, like beating the Nets, for example, with Shake Milton and DeAnthony Melton in your starting lineup. And I think they're now six and three when Joel Embiid doesn't play. And they're trying out these three guard lineups. They're doing things that we've wanted them to do. Matisse Thiebel is playing enough that he's making an impact, but not so much that he's like an essential part of their night to night basis. They're winning these games where they're leading in the third quarter. They are not given, like, they're giving away leads in the sense that they've ended up in some overtime and you know tough late game situations but they're seeing most of these games out they're finding ways yeah. to win these games and so like at, at a certain point it's just like why are we yelling about the coach like i understand what the resume is for doc i i'm under no illusion that he is a better coach than like eric spolstra for example if they're to go into a matchup with the heat but the Heat have been pretty bad this year But we can only go. He didn't beat Nick Nurse last year, and everyone loves to
2: say how great Nick Nurse is.
1: Yeah. Like we watch all these teams around the league. Every single team in the league is losing bad games in the Mm -hmm. middle of this year. And by and large, like, yes, the Sixers lost to the Wizards last week. And I think both of us agreed that was a game they should have won. And there were effort issues and execution issues, whatever. But, like, by and large, this team has been taking care of business, and that has been whether they're healthy or whether they're not healthy. Like I, I think at a certain point, the night to night performances and the results are what matter. and the fact that they' they've been able to get these wins, in spite of the fact that they are doing this experimentation, they're playing three guard lineups, they're playing PJ at center to start a game. They're doing different things. And so they're accomplishing both at once. They're learning about this group that they have, they're changing lineups up, they're working on things. They've played a ton of zone, which they haven't done in years past, which I don't I think zone is for cowards personally. Like I, I, I hate zone defense. But the fact that they're spending so much time working on something like that to try to get something like that ready for the playoffs. This is all the stuff that people should be wanting to see the team do, right? They're mm-hmm. trying things. And while they're trying things, they're still getting results. And they're right now they're fifth in the east, but they're a game and a half back of the Bucks in second. They're two yeah. and a half back of Boston in first place. After Boston and Milwaukee both started the year, it looked like they're by far the best teams in the Eastern Conference. And that's not the case anymore. They look like very good teams, but they look like one of a group of very good teams in the East. Like there is a clear top five teams. Most of the teams we talked about, Elliot. Boston, Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Cleveland, Philadelphia is the the top five. All those teams are good for different reasons. And the Sixers, there's not a lot of separation between them and these top yeah. teams in the East. And so that being the case, they have a, an MVP caliber player on their roster. I don't think he's in a position to win that award right now, but Joel has been that good this year. At what point do we stop Like every game or every loss or every – bad stretch they go through stops being a conversation about the coach like it just and it undermines the credibility of the argument to like when they get to moments or have games where we could sit there and say this is a coaching issue and this is a reason you might want to move on from him screaming about the coach every single night just undermines your argument when we actually need to have those discussions
2: I, I agree with that. Um, I think that I, I'll put my hand up. I know I'm guilty of it sometimes where if they lose my initial reaction is just fire doc, because it's <laughs> it's easiest move to make because you're not really trading any way uh, away of the core pieces. But what made me think about it last night was heading into the fourth quarter. I should have wrote the stat down. So I apologize if this is, is not completely correct? But I think there's something like 17 and one, maybe 18 and one now when they have a lead heading into the fourth quarter and it made me think about the perception of Doc versus the reality. Because the perception, if you asked me before I saw saw that stat, would be they're sloppy at the end of games. He's always making weird decisions. There's you know lineup issues at the end of games. There's out of bound play issues. It feels like they never have a great end of game play play ready. But the reality is they're not losing many of these games. I mean, even the Lakers game that we talked about, which was. You know, oh, like what a disastrous performance by him! They still won the game, so I think the maybe the reality of the NBA season, which for me is different than the NFL, is and you you brought this up that because there's so many games, you can't really ride that roller coaster night in night out because things change so so drastically. But overall, if you look at the Sixer season. You know, outside of a stretch at the beginning of the year when they were, for what it's worth, missing guys and Bede was missing time, Harden was missing time, Maxie's missed a bunch of time. If you would have told me before the season that they would be where they are with all these injuries they've dealt with, with P.J. being a complete non-factor, with Thibault playing better but not really showing that step you wanted to see – the fact that they are where they are, I mean, that is without question a win. If I would have thought even three weeks ago that they would, we'd be talking about this team as maybe they don't have a real shot at the one seed, they can have the one seed by the time we record the next pod, right? Like anything's possible. So while we love to rip Doc, I think the, the unique circumstances he's dealt with this year, he's actually handled them pretty well. And, you know, one thing that people love to rip him for is how he uses the backup center and these type of things. Mantras Harrell was great last night. You know, I mean, I think that's a game that someone like Paul Reed is really not capable of having in the way that that Harrell did. So while I love to use Doc as a punching bag, I think ultimately sometimes some of the hits he takes should be directed towards the players far more. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, that seventeen and one stat just really uh, it really opened my eyes to the reality versus a perception.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news
1: I still would like to see Paul get those minutes because he is a younger developing guy that you're not going to get him to play off form without actually giving him chances yeah. to improve. Right. Yeah. But you do see the difference in, in that Trez has ball skills and like offensive output that Paul just doesn't at this point. Like you can ask Trez to set a screen and, catch a pass on the short roll and he's a good enough passer in that situation that he can find an open shooter and start a series of passes that gets the Sixers like a quality shot even if it's not his shot like you're not reliant on him to yeah. score there and like he has been by and large has been a worse scorer worse finisher at the rim this year but i can understand the logic behind playing him in these lineups with Harden where you're going to run pick and rolls you know 85% of the time with James, and he that's Trez has made his money there his entire career. That's what he's good at. That's why he has an NBA contract, and why, for whatever reason, they gave him a player option. That's one thing <laughs> that uh, yeah. we could probably criticize the, the team for on that one. Um, but I like, I don't, I also don't think, even as an advocate for Reed. I don't think we can say that he has like definitively won the job at any point this year. He's had a couple good games just like Trez has. And the numbers say that they've gotten crushed when he's been on the floor. Now that's not all his fault. Obviously that's some of that is lineups and the combination of players they have on the floor, but he has not done something to say I'm the guy every day and Trez shouldn't be playing and vice versa. Like Trez is going to have, Bad games, like I thought he was in a pretty bad run coming into this one. Yeah, it's a thing they have to constantly evaluate as they go throughout the year. And so I, I think the important thing is that they have, as we were talking about earlier, they have more options. They can say, you know, for example, if Matisse Thibault sucks on offense and is missing a bunch of shots and is screwing up their flow, they can just take him out and play somebody else. Like they're they're not beholden to him. Trez is having a bad game. You have Paul Reed if you need a big. You have PJ. You can play small ball. You can do all that. You have options now. And I think the best thing you can say about Doc is he's been willing to try out those options. And they are just, you know, they're finding ways to win games, even if it's not their, their plan A every single night. And I they they shouldn't be in a lot of these clutch situations. But I do think people need to pay – like. I'm not saying people don't watch teams other than the Sixers, but I think if you really pay attention to the NBA at large, it's just like hard to blow teams out now. Yeah. it's, It's not like the the 90s where there was a talent gap and you know, threes aren't as prevalent, so it's harder to cut into leads as quickly as they do now. You look up and teams are blowing, you know, 15 point leads in the span of like two minutes all the time like, too. all the time i look at the box scores and
2: i'm like oh that's a blow i don't have to check it and then later i'll look and i'm like holy shit they came back
1: right or like the other side of it is and this is a whole different discussion but like you're seeing big performances like 40 point games 50 point games every single night like mm-hmm. almost every night there's somebody just going off like random guys are scoring 35 38 points because they hit like nine threes or whatever and that's just a thing that happens a lot more because teams are prioritizing the shot and are prioritizing pace and you know the the principles of Mike D'Antoni when the seven seconds or less Suns kind of shook up the league. Yeah. And so when that's the case, games can swing really, really quickly. And so I I think we have to be able to separate. Okay, is this a big lead that the Sixers lost because Doc Rivers did something specifically wrong, or is this just part of the new NBA and like how things work. And yeah. so you don't want to, you don't want to separate him from blown leads and all these other things, but you do have to say like, for example, the Sixers committing an eight second violation when they yeah. have all of Harden, Melton and Maxi on the floor. That's not the coach. Like a, a three guard lineup has to be able to break full court pressure, full stop. That's just not something that should happen. If you think that's something they need to work on in practice, I that's like, High school, college level stuff. That's not something that those guys should ever struggle to do. Yeah, I mean, he catches a lot
2: of heat for the players playing poorly. Like, bottom line, he just does. Now, he's the head coach. That's how it works, right? I mean, that's just flat out how it works. But the other thing I'll give him credit for that I probably don't give him enough credit for overall is – I do think the Sixers, in some ways, have a uniquely challenging locker room to deal with. And you're around Joel Moore, and I think he's a good locker room guy. I'm not saying that, but in terms of managing when he's going to play, dealing with when he wants to play but maybe he shouldn't. Joe uh, James Harden coming into this locker room also some of those unique challenges. Um, you know, bringing Maxi along, right? Maxi's improved under Doc. Now you could say how much of that is Doc, but the bottom line is, with Doc as a head coach, Maxi has exceeded expectations and really improved. And you bring it up all the time. Joel seems to really like doc at the very least doesn't want him gone. Cause you brought it up. He does play his best ball under him. Now maybe that's somewhat coincidental because of where Joel is at in his career. Yeah. He would have improved anyway, but the bottom line is when you think of why they've lost right now, I do think he mismanaged the Ben thing to an extent, but I also don't know if I can blame him. Everyone says, why are you complimenting Ben all the time? Well, what do you want him to do? Get up there and rip into Ben nonstop. Right. I just, you know, it is what it is. So, When, when I think big picture of doc and I remove my emotion of game to game, he's been pretty successful overall. And I don't know what, I don't know what I would point to and go, this is something he definitively cost them.
1: Well, and as I said on this pod several times, I think the ship has sailed. Like we are in January, 2023. They are not firing Doc Rivers in February and doing absolutely anything in the playoffs. And for what it's worth, it, nor should they.
2: Look at where they're at. They are not in a situation where I think even discussing firing Doc is a real discussion.
1: Yeah, you're shaking things up for the sake of shaking things up. Like, I, I understand in the offseason why people were like, they want a new voice or a new guy in there. Like, I, I get, I am fully aware of Doc Rivers' history. Yeah. And I am not sitting here telling you that we're going to reach early May and all of a sudden the the years and years of Doc Rivers doing the same wrong and bad things in the playoffs, that all that's going to disappear. And I'm not telling you that he's going to be able to lead them to any sort of like big run. Like We yeah. could end up in, in, this summer saying they made a mistake not getting rid of him. I think there's a difference between saying that And saying they need to fire him now when the team has played well in all sorts of different circumstances. Mm -hmm. I think it's way different than saying they're going to be better with a new coach when there's very little historical precedent for a new coach coming in at this time of the year and doing anything positive, leading any sort of good team. Like It's just not a thing that happens. And I think people need to readjust their expectations and honestly, you'll enjoy the team more. I like that's the <laughs> yeah. one thing that I think is that I see all the time. That I I hope people take this to heart in the right way. I think people are going to have more fun watching this team if they stop just thinking the coach is should be fired every night and that that's something to like yell about after every game. To have all this existential angst after every single game, win or lose, is just like. I don't know how you can enjoy basketball feeling that way. And you know, yeah. maybe it's just some people distrust stock river so much that they they can't get past that. And I get it, but like take a chill pill, man. Like it's a long season. You're there's no way to get through 82 games if every game is a crisis. Like it's just not as bad as people think it is. And in fact, it's way better than a lot of people think it is. Well, Kyle, I think that is one of the best things you have said
2: since we started doing this, and I hundred percent agree with you. And I think I've I'm part of that, right? I am somebody that has had trouble enjoying this season because I'm so mad about the last playoff losses, or or I just have tr- trouble believing in them. And you're right; it's been tough for me to enjoy games because even after wins, I'm like, well, whatever, it doesn't matter, or well, you know, blah, Doc did this, blah blah. But they won the game. They won the game, and they're they're what probably. 10-1 in their last 11 games There's something absurd like that. Maybe two losses, I guess the Wizards won and the, and the Pelicans won. But they played much, much better as of late. And I think that you're right, that fans should look at this team and try at least to enjoy the season because they have been much better and they have shown reasons to believe in them.